Hi, I'm Mike Hatton, and for over 20 years, I've been in a management role that saw me working with other managers from entry level up to and including the C-suite. The experience gained have positioned me to help many other leaders manage the stresses of not having enough time at work, not having enough family time, neglecting their health, and many other challenges magnified by the recent pandemic. I founded Human Cornerstone Facilitations, LLC in 2008. It was based on the need to help managers improve their productivity and that of their team. I would like to show you the roadmap to becoming a great leader by harnessing your team's strengths. Welcome to my show, Cornerstone, where the foundations of leadership begin. Hi, I'm Mike Hatton and welcome to my show. It's called Cornerstone. It's a show where I bring uh, people with uh, leadership skills and business acumen on and I talk about them and highlight some of the things that they've done in order that uh, maybe some of you watching might get ideas and uh, inspiration from them. Today is no different. I have an amazing guest today, Taylor Strickland. She is a business owner, co-owner of a business. Taylor started uh, being successful actually very early in her life. She was a standout volleyball player in high school. She went on to play volleyball at Marshall University. Uh, an injury ended that career, but Taylor wasn't ready to be done yet. She turned that adversity into a success. She became a coach, an assistant coach for the volleyball team. Uh, after her coaching career, she left there to become um, athletic development. She raised funds for the university, raised funds for scholarships for students, did a lot of different things, and we'll let her talk more about that. Um, so let me just now say thank you for watching, and Taylor, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. Very, very excited to be here. Well, great. It's <laughs> excited to have you. So one of the things I've, I've done is I said that I bring leaders on this show, people that I've seen to uh, have incredible leadership skills, and full disclosure, uh, I've known Taylor for a long time. Her father, is, who's in studio with us today, uh, is one of my best friends, uh, going all the way back to junior high school. <laughs> and um, I've, I've watched you develop over the years, and I've watched your passion for leadership, and I've watched how, as you became more involved in their family business, and I'll let you talk about that and tell us what it is, um, I've been impressed. And I've tried not to highlight people of my age group that, you know, the type that have one eyebrow and uh, we're older. And I want to highlight also, I want to highlight younger generations. I want to highlight women. And you were the very first person that came to mind. So uh, thank you. But um, if you don't mind, if I ask you about school, so tell yeah. us about your degrees and what you did with your education. Um, first off, let me say, uh, so excited that you thought of me. Um, it's an absolute honor to be here to represent not only women, but my age group and um, just business owners in general. But um, with schooling and everything, I uh, went to Marshall. I got my biology uh, degree, my bachelor's. It was in biology, which obviously is nothing that I'm doing now or after college. Um, and I planned on going to physical therapy school and done a whole nother path. And once I got involved with our family business, which is Austin's homemade ice cream, um, I then knew that business was the route for me. And I went on to get my master's, which I got it in human resources management. So being a biology major doesn't really bridge over to get an MBA. So HRM was the, um, 
closest thing to getting an MBA that I could get with with my classes that I already had previously. And I didn't want to go to school for 12 more years. So, um, so yeah, I, I did HRM. And um, I think that has honestly helped me the most out of every class that I took throughout college um, in what I'm doing now, um, which is running our uh, family business with my with also my family. That's that's incredible to me. <laughs> um, so we talked about your volleyball career in mm -hmm. high school. We talked about your your career, how it was ended, how you turned adversity into success and uh, coaching. Why don't you tell us a little bit about as you left coaching and moved into the athletic development phase, what that was like, what you did, your role and uh, mm -hmm. what you were passionate about when you did that? Um, you know, I got into coaching. One of the main reasons for that is because I, I love working with that age group of kids. Um, so you're talking about 18 to 22 year olds. And I like managing people. Um, so I knew that I, I had a passion for that. Love coaching. Um, I, I have used it within my business now. Um, but I just felt like there was something missing and I needed to, um, I, I was not using all my talents that I, I really needed to, um, explore that and see what else I can do. And, um, I got into fund development and that's where I was able to, um, really get into, working with all kinds of people because I would work on events. I um, helped manage a scholarship fund and would ask for donations. Um, I felt like I was making more of an impact on these kids' lives doing that too because um, I was raising money for their scholarships and these were the kids that I coached and not just volleyball. It was all athletes. Um, and I was really passionate about that and also doing it for the school that I went to and played for and have grown up around. So, um, you know, just going into that field it it's a lot different than coaching because now you're you've got to kind of um suck up to people a little bit if you're gonna ask for money and um you've you've got to put on the smile and it's not always the thing you want to do um but you you just have to power through it and um do it so that really taught me how to, you know, just get through my day and get through um, talking to people, even if I didn't really wasn't in the mood for it or anything like that. So I did learn a lot of lessons doing fund development. And I did that for two years and then went back to coaching, actually, because um, a friend of mine got hired as the head coach. And so it was it was a blast getting back. But in the midst of in fund development, I actually um, started our second location of our family business um, in downtown Huntington. And that's when I knew uh, ice cream, I think, was going to be the the lifelong deal for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that. Let's expand on that in a little mm -hmm. bit. But I want to go back to this coaching thing. Yeah. Because um, coaches are important. And you said coaches were important to you. Coaches were some of the most important people in my in my life. The sports that I played, even coaches in other sports that I didn't play were really uh, impactful to me and it led me to do what I do now which I basically I coach leaders business leaders business owners and help them um, so as these coaches helped you and you moved along in your career you started to you mentioned it that you liked working with the age group 18 to 22 and helping them but you've continued to do that and we'll develop that also mm -hmm. But let's start at the very beginning of Austin's. And this is Austin's homemade ice cream in Huntington, West Virginia, where Marshall <laughs> University is. Um, why don't you start about how the business was founded? Okay. How that your grandmother 
purchased the business, then how your mother came into the business, and then how you ended up being the third generation co-owner mm-hmm. of the business. So Austin's Ice Cream was um, started in 1947. I, the name came from Mr. and Mrs. Austin, and they were the owners. They then sold it to a guy named Guy Wright, and um, he had it for quite a while. And then my grandmother, um, in 1983, then purchased it from Guy Wright. Uh, She did this by herself. She's um, one of the strongest, most independent women I've probably ever been around. Um, But she decided to take on this venture. Uh, She had thought about opening another shop. It was a chain um, actually in the Huntington Mall. And at the last second kind of pulled out, just something wasn't right. And she was um, then faced with this opportunity to be able to purchase Austin's. And she did. And I know it was hard for her in the beginning, but she made all the ice cream till um, till right till 80 years old. So um, seeing her doing that by herself, I mean, she would have help with buckets and the process and everything, but seeing her over the years just do that um, was just amazing to watch. And she ran the entire business. I mean, there's so much go- that goes into this business. And now we have four of us that are running it. So, basically five because my uncle's wife as well. But um, she just did ev- all the things we're doing with five people she did by herself. And um, But she did that up until 2000, um, I think 16 or 17. And then my brother and my mother kind of took over things for her and helped her out. And then my uncle came in the picture um, and then I actually left my um, coaching career behind to go full time with the business. Um, it was I had a passion for it. COVID kind of helped um, get me to that point and push me to take the leap of faith. And um, and I just so incredibly happy that I did. So we have um, me, my mom, my brother, my uncle, and my uncle's wife helps us out too. But we are the the four owners of it now. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a couple of uh, personal observations that I had about the business after you've come on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, uh, during COVID, you obviously had to make decisions. That was very hard on uh, business owners. And so you made some changes outside mm-hmm. to keep people moving, to yep. keep customers coming <laughs> through. And uh, you want to tell us uh, yeah, about um, how you did that? I can't take all the credit for that. Uh, my my mom and my brother and my uncle were kind of the main people there right during COVID because I was still coaching. Um, I did do a lot of stuff. We had to get creative because we have two locations. At our second location, there's not a drive-through. So there was, I'll talk about that too, but there was a lot of different things we had to do there as well. But my, they came up with a system um, where it was more like a, we have a walk-up window and a drive-through and that's, that's what you normally do. And we turned it into, we closed the walk-up window and turned it into a, like, um, a drive up. And so people could park, we would have an employee go out to their car, take their order, um, or they could go through the drive-through. That in turn costs a lot more money in labor, um, because we have to have so many more people working. Um, and it was, it was a hard process, but you know, we had to do what we 
could just to be safe and um, to continue to serve the community because we did shut down for about a month um, to at both shops and it was it was tough on us um, I will say we have such great support we didn't hurt as much as other businesses did uh, I think ours became more of a destination for people because they couldn't go anywhere they couldn't go out of town so it was like oh let's take the whole family down to get ice cream so I think that's kind of what we we were that joy in the midst of such a terrible time um and at the market we had to turn to delivery and we did some um drive up service to where they would we have a little area that, that people could park and uh we would take their orders out to them if they didn't want to get out of their car and we had we had great employees i will say because they all powered through all the changes um and it was, it was tough on everybody. It's a lot of stress, and especially when you have quarantining times and you've got to manage all the employees that, that had to quarantine at one time and who were around each other. everything. The testing. We did regular testing every single week of all of our employees um, just to make sure everybody was safe. That was our number one concern because we weren't, we weren't out to just make a profit throughout COVID. We were trying to keep us in business and keep our employees working um, as much as they could because, I mean, it was on everybody. Um, but at the market too, I started a food drive because we had so many kids. Um, I'd noticed in our area, it, it took a few weeks for the school system, I think, to really get on board. And we, of feeding the kids regularly, um, I, it was hard for everybody. So I kind of stepped up and wanted to do something for the community in that aspect. And we actually started um, making these bag meals for people to drive up and get at our shop um, in in Huntington. And kid, we had people coming up to our tent and just grabbing so many bags a day. We'd have families come in and get 10 bags lunches for these kids. Um, and then the school system did um, get something figured out to where they were able to feed them. So uh, we weren't feeding like the entire community of it by any means. Um, but I continue to do that at a, um, it's a low income area in, in Huntington and they have a community center there. So I was able to use donations that people did to the shop at Austin's. Um, we matched a lot of that and we were able to continue um, making Sam's runs and feeding those kids in the, in the community, which was, which is what we're all about. We love, we love giving back to the community, um, not only in Huntington, but in Cerrito and Canova, um, pretty much everywhere around. Cause we kind of, we're in a tri-state area. So we like to take care of Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia all in our little area right there. You said that you weren't feeding that many children. I want to interject something here. You're being modest, Taylor Strickland. I know you. Uh, your passion for that shines through. And I'll just say that you fed a lot of kids in that area. I know. I was there a lot during when that was going on, and you did. Um, so let's go back to your original location. Um, when you came there, and it was during COVID, one of the things I noticed was that the drive-in line grew mm -hmm. and it began to grow and it began to grow and it was at times a quarter of a mile yes. lined up people parked on the berm of the road to get up there and i had my mother there almost every night when i was in town because that's her place um to go she uh or, or one thing that i noticed when that line was that line moved quickly you kept it moving quickly and i'll say another thing about your leadership you're not afraid to do in your business you won't ask anyone to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself yeah. 
I came there one night, and I'll, I will not forget this. It was cold. It was really cold, and you were out there without a jacket <laughs> working that line. You would move farther down the street taking orders so that as people, you know, the line kept moving into the drive through yeah. how, how did you come up with that idea, that process? Was it, uh, I don't think it was just luck. Um, I, I will have to give credit to Chick-fil-A on this, but uh, <laughs> they run a very, very consistent and um efficient drive-through. So that's, we've kind of been named that in the Cerrito area of where the Chick, Chick-fil-A ice cream <laughs> with our drive-through. Um, but yeah, the drive-through line got crazy during COVID. Uh, we didn't have, we did go take iPad orders. We had a little different system before I came on and um, I, I would just go there to help kind of thing. So I wasn't going to try to tell my mom what to do in the midst of me just trying to be there to help. So um, this past year when I came on full time, I really revamped the system and we we have a whole new deal with how we, we take the orders and from outside, the tickets come in and we have... Um, it's a ring of tickets basically. And the kids have a very strict, um, uh, process to follow as they get the tickets and they make the ice cream. So we basically have the ice cream ready as soon as the car comes up. And so we're able to move those cars and we're a little different area because we have also a parking lot. So more than anything, I am a glorified parking attendant, um, when I'm out there taking orders, cause you have to just direct traffic everywhere, um, for people. And we try not, we're on a major highway right there. So we don't want to back that up because then we cause even more issues with that. We already have so many people and traffic um, coming through that area. We don't want to mess up and uh, make the locals mad <laughs> with that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, the line can get two or three blocks long. I mean, I've seen it all the way down to another restaurant that's or a red light that's probably four or five blocks long. Um, no, we try to keep it moving. And I think that's why people continue to get in the drive-thru because we are so fast, which is maybe a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, but yeah, I will, I will definitely go out there. Like you said, um, there was one night I actually had an umbrella like lodged under, like underneath my arm and then an iPad in this hand uh, cause we didn't, ha I didn't have any way to hold anything else. And so I was just taking orders like this. With, so the rain would, um, not hit the iPad. And I just went out there cause it was a monsoon and the lawn was just nuts. So I, I am big time on customer service and we will not have customers waiting for very long if, right. if we have anything to say about it. So, and ladies and gentlemen, this was not planned <laughs> for her to mention Chick-fil-A. And that's a great segue <laughs> into something else I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about your employees. Chick-fil-A has a reputation for hiring incredibly, their hiring process being incredibly good and good employees and training them really well. And by the way, Chick-fil-A, uh, this show does accept sponsorship if you're <laughs> watching now that we've put in a plug for you. So um, let me turn back to your employees. I actually had a conversation with your employees when I was in line out there one night. I'd always compliment them. And it was a sincere compliment because um, the younger generation sometimes takes uh, unfair criticism, I mm -hmm. think. And I would always highlight them and tell them, you know, when they were doing a great job. And one thing I noticed was they were, were always polite. They listened. They didn't text <laughs> while I talked. They didn't text while they were out yeah. there in line or anything. <laughs> and they always complimented you and how well you treated them. Um, 
Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you'd look for in a good employee, what they went through in the training, uh, maybe the hiring process. Did you have a specific process that you followed? Yeah, um, so we actually have changed a lot this year. Mom and I are trying to um, be a little more legit about all of our hiring processes, our training. Um, so we developed a training manual and we've also developed an employee handbook now. Uh, we kind of just did it by the seat of our pants before, but we also, mom and I both are um, real big on like gut feelings and um, when when we're interviewing kids, we, we do take the interviewing process very seriously, which we have always done that. Um, so we, we're really lucky in our community that most kids grow up like thinking like, I'm gonna work at Austin's one day. And um, that's kind of like everybody's first job in the community. And we end up keeping employees for years. I have employees that are coming back from 10, that's worked there 10 years ago and they're in their careers, but they'll, they're willing to take a shift to help us out in the beginning to get, to get our new employees going. And sometimes they'll just do a shift every weekend. And we have teachers that are teaching and they'll come back and work some in the summer. And it's really cool to see that because we know we offer that family-oriented environment, um, especially with it's our full family running the place. Um, and my Nini, which is my grandmother, she did the same thing. She had all kinds of employees that would come back year after year after year. But, you know, with our process, we open up our applications. We did have, we finally came up with a website this year. Um, we've never had a website in this entire time. We, I've been trying to catch us up to the rest of the world, um, in our marketing. And, um, we put an application out and we just kind of seed through those applications and look at them and are they the right fit? It's our, our, our questions are a big deal on there of what we put, um, with their experience, with the hours they want to work, um, what they do in their free time, um, all their hobbies, different things like that, because, um, we don't want to hire all athletes, obviously, and we we don't want to hire all kids that are in the band or all kids that are in art. We we want a good mixture of kids, and we want to make sure that um, we're creating an environment that's kind of all-encompassing for um, all aspects of life. And I think just creating that says a lot about our kids because it, it, they just feel so safe and at home and um it's, it's somewhere where they're going to learn. And we, we strive for them to be better leaders themselves or better employees so that when they move on from us, that they're going to be very successful in whatever they do. And mom and I take that really seriously, um, especially even if we have kids that maybe aren't the top-notch employee, we will sit down and we will work with them. We will tell them, like, this is your goal. This is what you need to work on. And we will revisit it and we'll continue it. I do, um, at the market, I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with all my employees. Um, I try to do that every few months just to kind of see where they're at, um, how they feel about the business. I'm not always there, so I want like how, give, give me an honest answer. How am I as a boss? How are my managers? How are you doing personally? Um, what's your goals? How long do you plan on staying with us? Those kind of questions. And I think just having that type of environment for them, it sucks, sets them up for success later on. And I think they really appreciate that kind of stuff. And, you know, we, we have a hard time competing with some of these bigger stores, um, in our area. Like I know Target can offer $15 an hour. We can't do that as a small business. Um, we do pay really well and we're lucky that our 
community tips really well. So the kids make a little bit more than um, what we actually pay them. But, you know, we're not paying the kids just minimum wage either. We, we go by... Um, as loyalty happens, they get raises every year as they come back. Um, we give bonuses all throughout the year, especially on big weekends. I know this past um, weekend we had one of our biggest Saturdays at the market location, and I told all the employees that day, you're all getting a bonus. Uh, you guys knocked it out of the park, and I just always want to create that environment for them because they need to feel like they made a difference that day. And so if we continue to make that make them feel that way, I think it breeds success. It breeds the employees like you're talking about of how they will just go work hard. They'll do, they'll run through a wall for you. Basically it's, um, the same way I do with coaching. I'm really hard on my kids when I'm coaching, but they, at the end of the day, they now love them and they know that I'll do anything for them to help them out. So in turn, they're going to do the same thing. And it's just this respect factor. I think that we create with them. That's amazing. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's obvious when you talk to the employees and when you're not there, which is rare, <laughs> yeah. I ask the employees, Hey, you know, how's it going? How do you got? Oh yeah. You know, we love it. You know, it's Taylor around. Oh no, she, no, she took a rare evening <laughs> off or she did this. And uh, so they, they really do care about you. Mm -hmm. And that's obvious when you go into the business. Well, with, I, with my mom too. So the way we split it up is my brother makes all the ice cream throughout the day. Um, me, my mom, my uncle, and my aunt split up all the evenings. So one of us are always there. Uh, my grandmother really instilled in us that um, in order for a business to be successful, you got to be there. You can't just just have it and not do anything with it. Um, so we we are there almost all the time. You'll find one of the owners there. The market location's a little bit different. Um, I have hired people that can be there more because it is just a smaller location than our Cerrito one. But I mean, I'm the backup. I'll go if somebody can't go in. All right, you guys, I'll go work. That's fine. And I'll be in there working with them. And that is the other thing. We'll do all the dirty jobs before they have to. My uncle will go change all the ice creams, wash all the buckets, and he'll jump in where needed. My mom and she's not as physical as I can be. I'm a little stronger than she is, but she will do whatever is needed. She will go change those ice creams. And I'm like, mom, stop. <laughs> so, um, but we get in there, we do all those things for those kids. And so when they see you doing those, those, um, jobs like that, they're like, Oh, then why can't I do that? I can do that for them. And they will most of the time just take it over for us kind of thing. So switching gears just a little bit, 1947, <laughs> 1947 makes 2022 a significant year. Yes. You have a special event coming up mm -hmm. really soon. Mm -hmm. So do you want us to tell us about that? Yes. So um, we have 75 years this year, which is absolutely incredible. We are so excited. And we wanted to celebrate um, and make a big shebang about it. So April 2nd, we are actually going to have um, both shops. We're going to be doing giveaways where we have a, it's kind of like a golden ticket. Um, every three hours, we're going to give so many envelopes out. Nobody's going to know what's in the envelope. We don't even know like what we're, which ones we're giving out. And they'll open it and there's going to be from free ice cream for a year. And you can create your own flavor. And um, my brother will sit down with you and we'll consult with you and then create that flavor. And um 
to 10% off. It's, it's just ranges. There's all kinds of different ones. I think we have like 10 different giveaways that we're putting in there. Um, and we have a bunch of new merchandise that we're getting made. We're going to have some collector's items. So some mugs and some Christmas ornaments that are going to be the 75th anniversary logo on it. Cause we're actually creating a new logo. Um, we have, we have a company in town called bullseye total media that does a trade with us. And, um, they're, the owner is a friend of mine and she has rebranded our whole company, her and her team have. And we finally, we, like I said, we have a website now, we have a better logo um, and we're we're trying to get more branded items kind of thing. So we're expanding on our merchandise and we thought 75 years, perfect year to kind of come out with all that stuff. So yeah, we're going to do a big celebration. There's, we have a radio station coming down just to set up and have some fun for the day and um, just want to have fun with the community more than anything and give back to them for, for all the years of, um, support that they have provided for us. And with that, we also are going to run a deal called our 75 acts of kindness. And that is where throughout the year, um, it could be something really small. It could be something really big where we want to give back to the community. Um, our, we started it off with our ice cream for breakfast day at the market location. And we were able to donate, um, $250 where we match funds of the amount from a certain time period um, to big brothers, big sisters um, in the community. So we're going to pick different organizations um, and it doesn't even have to be an organization. We may pick a class. We go just drop off ice cream one day or um, we may just give out some ice cream to a few customers one day and um, or give donations, anything like that. And we're going to have it set up to where people can apply for some different things too if there's organizations out there. But um more than anything, that's in our mission statement is the community involvement and just giving back is what we like to do. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> so I'll talk a little bit about your flavors. Oh, you flavors. have. Um, I mean, your flavors have been so consistent over the years, and I think that's what keeps everybody in the community and actually three surroundings, two surrounding states coming there regularly on a basis. But uh, you're modest. You've given a lot of credit to your family members, which is very deserving. And I know you're being <laughs> modest when you do, spread that credit because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. But uh, one thing I've noticed is that since you've come on board full time, new flavors pop up. Seems like more <laughs> often you're not afraid to experiment <laughs> with new flavors. Mm -hmm. And you have actually won some awards that Austin's as an entity has won some awards for that. You want to tell us about that award? This yeah. is, this is pretty um, big. Well, so I will have to give all the credit for new flavors to my brother. I do, I do sometimes have ideas and I'll text with him about it and we'll, we'll create some stuff together, but he is the creative genius behind all of these new flavors that come out. Um, and he'll ask my input. I have a, I, I think I have a good palate for ice cream. Honestly, I'm a foodie. So, um, so he does all Always respect my opinion whenever he does create something new. Um, so I will gladly taste test all of the flavors. Um, but our grandmother also, all of those ice creams are her recipes. And now all of our new ones, Timothy does come up with. And there is a ice cream convention every year that um, we got involved with the national it's North American Ice Cream Association. Um, they just changed the name. And we got involved with that back in 2018. Our first entry for um, the for the contest, which is called Ice Cream Clinic, was in 2019. And that year, we actually took home... We had never, 
ever um, entered any of our flavors. And we decided in the clinic part, you can enter chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry. We entered our chocolate and our vanilla for that year, and it came back, and we had one, a blue ribbon, which is the highest award you can get for our chocolate, and a red ribbon for our um, vanilla. So getting those, we were like, oh, wow, like, I can't believe, like, this is the first time we've ever even uh, put this out there. So um, the next year, which is 2020, this past year, we all went as a family down to the ice cream convention, which is in Orlando. Um, Timothy put together um, everything we submitted, and we did do a chocolate, vanilla, and a strawberry this year. And we also entered a um, best new flavor category and a best new flavor non-dairy. And those, the last two, the best new flavor in the non-dairy is actually voted on by everybody that comes to the ice cream convention, which is other shop owners, other um, people that make ice cream. Uh, it's, it's a national deal that everybody kind of meets down there for that time. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, who doesn't love ice cream at a convention? So um, we had to... I think sample over a hundred flavors or something crazy. So you go through the line you sample all of them and then you vote at the end and you put your top three. And so that's announced at the end of the, um, the convention and they announced um, we didn't win for non-dairy, which we thought we had a good shot, but our best new flavor um, won the Southern region. And then we were third overall um, for the nation for our can't, well, it's more than a feeling. It used to be called Campfire S'mores. We changed the name. Um, but that is Timothy's flavor. He created that entire flavor by himself. And I, I can't tell you the feeling that me and mom had just to watch him get that award. And it's, yes, we are co-owners of that company, but he, he is the brains of the ice cream part of it. And the, how proud I was as a sister and a, um, business partner is just amazing and he was just so excited and he's deserved it like no other because he he worked so hard day in and day out making the ice cream and it, it's a hard job because we go through a lot of ice cream every single week and he's in there making it and he's slowly teaching me how um how to make everything so i'll help him and um come on days that he doesn't have to make seven days a week and i'll come in and help and make some stuff but um the ice cream clinic part of it we actually send that off to the University of Minnesota and they have a dairy um, specialist that they go through and they test um, different um, elements of the ice cream. I think the plate counts and the coliform and they test those things. You have to pass that to even get to the judging process. Then they set up the judging process and we this year were able to get um, a red ribbon for our chocolate, a red ribbon for our um, strawberry, and I think we got a white ribbon for our vanilla. So um, there's the three categories are blue, red, and white, basically. And not everybody that submits. I think there was over three or four hundred submissions, and um, only so many are judged. I think over maybe a hundred or so because they don't pass that initial test basically. So, um, so it is pretty prestigious to even place to get a ribbon. And, um, we were, we were super excited for him this year too, for that. The chocolate and strawberry are my grandmother's recipes. The vanilla was we submitted this year was actually something we had worked on together and Timothy did, which was a Madagascar vanilla bean. So we did a little more fancy vanilla than our old fashioned. Um, cause we are known for our old fashioned flavors and, um, that is something our community takes pride in, uh, cause we are the mom 
mom and pop ice cream shop kind of deal. Um, but I will have to mention great pineapple. <laughs> and that is our signature flavor. Um, we've been featured in Food Network magazine and Food and Wine magazine um, this past year, actually. And we didn't know about the food and wine until it happened. But it was the best ice cream in each state is what both magazines. There were two separate articles, but they both featured and they featured our great pineapple. And we had to, for Food Network, we had to send off um, a few pints of the ice cream so they could take pictures and taste it because it was a submission that they reached out to us, but we had to send it in for them to um, pick it and they ended up picking it. Um, but that is a flavor that is well known throughout the entire tri-state. You can't get it anywhere else. Um, the, the one that tastes like ours, obviously. We've had some people try to copy it, but it's not quite the same. I and that's don't think. a form of flattery. So it is a form of flattery. We do not care about that. Go ahead and try it. It's, it's not a big deal. But um, that is a flavor that my Nini, I think, inherited um, from the original owners. And she, she obviously um, has revamped all the flavors from then. And um, yeah, she made it her own. And that is one of our most popular flavors that we're known for, which is funny to say, not many people think of great pineapple as yeah. <laughs> an ice cream flavor. This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is an iconic store, and I think you just heard it. You know, it's featured as the place to get ice cream in our in our whole state, and it's been that way since I was a child. Uh, it's really incredible. Now, you said something that Timothy, your brother, mm -hmm. is the brains of the ice cream making. Mm -hmm. I just have a feeling from watching the way you opened the second store with your brother Timothy, yep. of course, but that as far as business processes and I and my shows about leadership and helping people with processes and when I coach people that's one of the things I work with them about and talk to them how important having a process is mm -hmm. for each part I have a feeling that you probably have developed process for each stage of opening the business mm -hmm. uh, you want to just talk a little bit yeah, about that yeah um we were we were flying by the seat of our pants from uh, opening the second business. I'd never opened a business myself. Um, we were very fortunate to have uh, a very well-established business already and just opening a second location. So kind of like a franchise almost, but um, we, we don't consider it that. Um, but yeah, Timothy and I had kind of toyed around, but I think both of us separately had thought about, he thought about wanting to get a second location started. I had then, um, just, I wanted to open a business in Huntington and ice cream obviously is what I know. And I just didn't know if my grandmother would go for it because she had always said no second location, no second location. We're not ever doing that. And, um, but you know, Huntington, West Virginia is a really cool town and it is a lot of locally owned businesses and it's been revitalized over the past 10 years. I had teammates come back in town. They're like, what is this place? This is completely different than when we were here. And so it's, it's a lot of people, honestly, in their thirties or forties that have opened businesses downtown. So I wanted to be part of that. Um, it was growing and I wanted, I just wanted to get in on it and be part of that process. And so my brother and I, um, got together and we talked about it cause he's, he was so hell bent on getting a second location and I wanted a business of some sort. I just didn't know if our grandmother was going to go for it. So, uh, that's why I was a little more reluctant of just going for that right away. But we talked about it. We talked about a plan. Um, and we reached out to it's we're in a place called the market. It's kind of like a food hall. Um, we reached out to the owners of that. We didn't tell them who we were and what, what business it would be. We just set an ice cream shop and, um, we wanted to reach out and see, you know, the, 
the details about where it would go and that kind of thing. And then once they learned it was Austin's, they were like, basically like, you have to come in here. You have to do this. So, um, so at that point we were like, Oh no, we've never opened a business. What do we have to do now? We can sign a lease, but we've got to get money. We've got to do all these things. Timothy and I both didn't have a lot of capital. I mean, I was a coach. <laughs> I'm not making that much money. He's making the ice cream down in Cerrito. So, um, we, and we wanted to do this ourselves. We didn't want any help from our family. We wanted, we wanted to be the ones to do it. So we developed a business plan. I Googled a lot. <laughs> and, um, after developing a business plan, I, I do most of the numbers. I do the business logistics of stuff. I let Timothy handle um, the like the build out and everything. Um, I, I even downloaded it was a free um, architectural app that I could just move some things around and I came up with the layout of the place and I'm big on efficiency so I tried to lay it out on this free app and it, it just looked terrible when we gave it to our contractor but um, we had to have something for the bank so we went to the bank and um, my I had, we had to put most of it um, under me and my mom. My mom did co-sign on some stuff for us, but for the most part, we we did it ourselves and we got approved for our loan. And that's when I told Timothy, "Okay, you're in charge of getting all the equipment, exactly what we need." And we kind of delegated what each are better at doing. Um, I kind of helped with more of the design stuff, and then he did that, and we were we were on our way, kind of just building it out from scratch. Yes, we learned so many things from that and things we would never do again and things we needed to do better. Um, so there was a lot of lessons learned from just doing that. So I think if once we are able to do a third location when we are there, um, we now have a process that we can go through. And just just that learning experience taught us so much about it. Um, but now we know what to do. Um, we know the design we want. And we were able to come up with um, how we want the brand to look how we want um, that build out to look and um, to continue making it more like Cerrito and we want to just bring that to other communities kind of thing. So yeah, that process was a lot and um, but we were able to get through it and learn from it was the biggest thing. So, but it was fun <laughs> to get through it and we've been very successful now at the market location with um, we're going to be going on five years there and uh, we're, we're really excited about it. That's fantastic. We've touched on a lot of things today and I, and I've got to say that um, you have a passion that shines through, and it's it's a passion for ice cream, which is probably the the focal point. But you also have a passion for helping others, and a, and a passion for the business itself, and a passion for growing the business. Um, any plans to scale? Any plans to do anything like that? Uh, maybe in, about not formal plans, mm -hmm. but thoughts, desires, things in the back of your mind? Yes, it's um, it's in the works. Uh, definitely in the works. Me and my brother are constantly like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. And we okay. have ideas. Then I'll um, leave it at that. Yeah, we have I'll ideas. Just, uh, that's a little selfish question because I was interested <laughs> uh, to know myself. Well, I will say um, we are seriously looking into a food truck for events, um, doing that kind of 
to start there. Um, just me and him doing that. And we've, we're going to get all every, this season going and everything, but that is, and then in the future, um, if we're able to grow, I think it, we're open for it. Um, it's just, it's a process and with a lot of people involved in it. So, um, we hope to, and, but we are very content with our two locations right now and keeping those going because we are about quality. Um, we never want to, um, dilute what our product is. We never want to do that. And it is, we don't let anyone touch the ice cream. Basically it's the only people that touch it are my brother for the main part. He has an assistant, um, Quinlan, and then me and my uncle help out too. And we don't, it's a, it's a very hard process and we want to keep it consistent because there is hand variegation that goes into that. So we, make all the ice cream in there and then each ice cream a lot of times has a mix in of some sort and we hand do all those things and we mix it it's it's not a machine doing that and um, a lot of people don't understand that process and they they think oh just homemade ice cream whatever and it's it, it's it's a rough process and takes a long time so no, the um, community i'll have to say for, yeah. for all my life when it says <laughs> austin's homemade ice cream uh, there's no doubt in our minds that is made by hand. It is mm -hmm. made right there and it is made by hand. And that's one of the unique things about it. So uh, again, I can't tell you how uh, authentic <laughs> you've been on this program. And I hope that this helps someone uh, as they develop any business. One of the things I work with uh, people about in their business is developing happy customers versus loyal customers. And a lot of people spend a lot of money. And in other words, a happy customer being someone who came there, they got a, an ice cream cone and that was good ice cream. I was really happy. But the loyal customer is the one that just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back and they wouldn't consider going anywhere else. Mm -hmm. they, they come there. Uh, it's a lot of people spend a lot of money and develop processes for developing that loyal customer. And maybe you do too that I don't know about, but it seems like it just happens organically because of your focus on quality. So I, I really commend you for that. And we, we got that from our grandmother. She has instilled that in us. And um, she was the only person that touched the ice cream, but she got a um, sick at one point, And I remember it's like a joke in our family about pralines and cream. And my mom had to go help and make the ice cream that day because my nini had to actually go to the hospital. And so we never heard the end of my nini just just giving it to my mom about how it wasn't right. She didn't do the layers right. And uh, <laughs> so Nini takes great pride in the process and was really particular. And it was really, we call it handing over the spatula because that's what we used to variegate. And it was really hard for her to hand that over. But um, she got to a point where she trusted my brother so much. And um, she only let a few people help her over the years too. And she, she let me with her a few times. And it, but yeah, it's, it's a um, standard that we, aim to keep and can, that's part of her legacy honestly <laughs> great so it's been great having you today mm -hmm. and as we close out i like to give every guest the opportunity so i'm going to give you the, the opportunity to look at that camera yeah. and uh take 30 seconds a minute whatever you want and tell people why again if they haven't gotten it already they need to hear it one more time <laughs> why you're passionate about this and if you, you know, you'd like to highlight your website, tell us your website. Yeah. We'll edit that in at the bottom. And uh, if there's uh, contact information, if they're interested in contacting for, mm -hmm. for help, uh, you know, or for advice or yes, for employment sure. or whatever. Just there you go, Taylor Strickland. <laughs> so um, our website is austinsicecream.com. Um, we 
keep all of our flavors on there. Uh, if you do want to reach out about anything about the business, feel free to. Uh, we are advocates of the community and supporting local. And that is one thing I urge, no matter what state you're in, wherever you are, to support local, wherever the, the whatever city it is. Um, I try to do that. I mean, right now I have on a blazer from one of my friend's um, shops and my other friend printed the shirt for us. So um, we constantly support all the local businesses in the community and small business is the heartbeat of America and is that is what keeps it running. And if you don't do that, it, it will die off, especially COVID showed us that. And if um, people don't support those things, then people can't be successful. And then you're going to lose that, that feel of community in whatever city you're in. Um, instead of, instead of having those chain types of deal. And it really helps the livelihood of not only yourself, but the business owners, you get to know those people and they have a family, they have people they're supporting. So when you, in turn, buy an ice cream cone for us, you're also supporting our family. And that is one of the most important things about small business that I can't stress enough. <laughs> but thank you for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. It's been so amazing just to sit here and do this with you. Thank you, Taylor. You're very welcome. And uh, thank you for coming. And uh, I have learned an incredible amount. And, I, and I, I think I've learned things that will help me in my business as I try to help <laughs> others today. And uh, thank you. And Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching this show today. I hope you got something out of it. Um, like Taylor said, you can reach out through the website. Uh, if you have questions to get in contact with them, you can email me, mike at thegrowthfacilitator.com. And um, thank you for being here. I wanna thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show and found something of value to help with the challenges you face as a leader. Please feel free to share this show with your friends on social media. And don't forget to visit my website, thegrowthfacilitator.com. And while you're there, book a free call with me. We'll see you next time on Cornerstone.